Hello, welcome to the Big Kid Podcast. I am your host, KDC, and on this week's episode, we're going deep. We're talking all about parent guilt. If you are a parent, whew, man, we're going to talk about how intense parent guilt can be, how it shows up everywhere all the time, and what type of thoughts, how we can deal with it. And if you don't have your own littles, hopefully this will give you some empathy for what our own parents have gone through. (laughs) So it wasn't until I started really understanding the kid brain that I really reflected on the amount of parent guilt that is really out there. And then naturally with social media as well, it's so crazy how much you can get caught up in parent guilt because it can show up in the comparison when you see Instagram moms that have five children and can find time to do such great crafts, buy matching outfits, take pictures of said outfits, and just be a media mogul while we're over here with laundry everywhere and children screaming everywhere. Or if you have teenagers, maybe just being quiet and smelly in their rooms or something. (laughs) Um, And it's... uh, yeah, it's just so intense and there's so many things that you can get caught up in in those thoughts, right? Especially when you're spending so much time with your little and the relationship that you build with them is so precious because we're teaching them everything (laughs) from the very beginning, right? And those first few years it's just about survival about creating that bond it's natural and for me it's the longest relationships I've had are with my 14 13 12 year olds right and they are (laughs) so parent guilt for me shows up in their faces it shows up in their anger It shows up in their perfectionism when it comes to school projects and I see so much of myself in them and I blame myself for all of it (laughs) and like that's the parent guilt that I'm talking about. I see my bad habits. I my parent guilt shows up when I know that I can't spend the time that I want with them because there's multiple of them, I feel guilty that I can't spend the individual time with each of them that I want. I I have so much guilt that I can't control them (laughs) anymore now that they're teenagers especially. I just want to protect them and as a mama bear that's just natural right? Again, at the beginning of their lives, that's all you're doing is protecting them. And it's so hard to ease out of that. Because, oh man, if you're a great parent, like I know you are, you're going to raise independent kids. And (laughs) they, they will want to 
make their own choices, right? They're going to want to control the things that they can. So slamming doors, their rooms, their looks, their outfits, how they act towards you. That's within their control. And it's been one of the hardest lessons (laughs) to learn as a parent is that, and just as a human, it's such a great reminder that I can only control myself. And I stopped being able to control them when they were able to (laughs) do things for themselves, right? And that's exactly what we want as parents. We want them to be independent. I talked about last week, the new term that's floating around is snowplow parenting. It's probably because we're in Canada. I've heard other people call it lawnmower parenting, but again, Canada, snow, yeah, It happened this week it snowed. What was that? It was crazy. And then today it's supposed to be like 20 degrees. (sighs) Classic Canada, right? Jeez. Anyways, so snowplow parenting are those parents that just want to remove every single obstacle in their child's way. And for a lot of them, that also means shielding them from feelings and not feeling things, not talking about feelings, not showing up as a full human so that they understand what that means owning up to the guilt talking about it and it's all important right they need to know that you walk the walk if you're gonna talk a lot of talk right um because yes classic mom i didn't think i would get there but I love to tell the kids what not to do. I have lived a life. (laughs) I know exactly what they shouldn't be doing because I did all of those things and I want to make sure that they don't. So I warn them and I warn them. And then after I do that, I become reflective and I'm like, I hated when people did that. Right. And but I hated the way they did it because it was so preachy in a way and it, they made it feel like it was my fault a lot of the time. And as parents, that's one of the biggest lessons that we can help teach them. So one of the Motivational Monday quotes that I had up on Instagram this month, um, looking at gratitude and guilt, is the importance of teaching the difference between shame and guilt to our kids. Because it's the difference between... I am bad, which is what shame is. So the difference between shame and guilt is important to teach our kids because the shame thoughts will come in when we talk to them like, you are bad, right? That is the shame. I am bad. Versus guilt was where I did something bad. So we need to teach them that their action is what isn't okay. They are okay no matter what because your job as the parent is to love them no matter what, right? We're going to love them through their angry, frustrating, infuriating, loving, giving, exciting moments of their lives. That's the reason we had them, right? Or, yes, (laughs) sure. (laughs) 
I paused because I did not have the foster children, but you know what I mean. So the quote that Brene Brown talks about in The Gifts of Imperfect Parenting is exactly that, is the difference between I am bad and I did something bad is the difference between shame and guilt. So another part of the parenting role is to set up those boundaries and consequences in a way, right? To teach them where those boundaries lie in the real world instead of being the snowplow parent that just removes all of those consequences for them. And we're supposed to set that boundary. We're supposed to follow through with what our consequence is. Like I said, we got to walk the walk if we're going to talk so much talk. And then we have to love them through. So does your consequence make sense? Make sure that it's not about just because we want to control the situation, to try to control them. A lesson that I'm learning every day with teenagers is that I can't control them. (laughs) And when they make mistakes, we want to make it teachable moments. But at the same time, they got to see us living that truth. So in the last episode, I was talking about my KDC method of life coaching in a way and the d was to dare to look at the situation through a different lens so when i did this for myself it was very eye-opening kind of scary um but i want you to write down and to really think about what you think your child's perception or your child's lens is of you So when I did this for myself, (coughs) I, this is where my parent guilt came in. This is where I found that I carried a lot of guilt that I couldn't spend time with my kids because I was always busy, because I'm always working, but that it would, if I was the child, again, through their lens, being busy means that you can't make time for somebody that you love and that's (laughs) that 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 was really hard for me right and so knowing that I want to feel loving towards them for them not for them I can't do that but I want to be loving towards them. That means that I'm calling more often. I'm reaching out more often. Even though I can't see them face to face all the time. Um, (laughs) I talked about this in therapy as well. Because I was carrying so much parent guilt. And the one thing that I remember her telling me was that you have to leave a trail of evidence that you tried. Right? And... Yes, okay, I don't want to be the overbearing mom, even though I'm more considered sister in a way, because yes, anyways, that's a different that's a different episode. But um I need I needed to again not be the overbearing mom and like call every day all the time. But if I am going to call, I'm 
taking that time, I'm not doing anything else. I'm trying to actually connect with them in that moment to talk to them and to ask questions and even just to see what's up. Just even like a quick text of, dude, I'm thinking about you, right? It's like the classic note in the lunch (laughs) kind of thing, right? Just letting them know you care in that sense, right? And I think it's also important to know well, yeah, right, know your child and take into consideration how they want to receive that love as well because my love language of receiving love is quality time. But the way I like to express love is through gifts, (laughs) right? Which is funny because definitely different so take that into consideration the way that you want to receive love might be different than how your child wants to receive love so just just take into consideration (laughs) I was just thinking of putting love notes in my teenager's lunch and how mad they would be at me (laughs) um if you've watched tidying up with Marie Kondo on Netflix recently If you haven't, man, she says that she taught her toddler children how to help fold laundry. So that's not motivation enough for you to watch it. (laughs) It's just a great show about bringing more joy into your life, which obviously we're all looking for. So um, one of the things that she talks about is that she will get her kids involved in folding the laundry and in the tidying up because her kids see her doing those things so then they want to be a part of it. So when your kids see you acting in that way, they want to be a part of it. But again, you have to walk the walk. If you're going to talk, so much talk, right? So again, how do you show up and teach them about guilt and shame in everyday work, right? I'm very honest when I have a bad day at work and I'll tell them about it and I'll let them know that I messed up or that I <laughs> I want to tell them that... <laughs> Maybe this is what I should be saying. So I want to tell them that I messed up at work and it's important with the language, right? Is that I am a good worker, but I made a mistake today and this is what happened. This is how I fixed it. This is how nervous I felt confronting and going to my boss about the mistake that I made and owning up to the mistake I made and apologizing and understanding how my mess up at work affected my team and telling them all of the thought that went into my meeting and again how I felt during the whole situation and excuse me it created such an atmosphere that we could talk about messing up we could talk about 
All right. We could talk about the action that I did that wasn't okay, but that I am okay. And that, again, no matter what, we're going to love each other through it because that is what we are here to do is just love them no matter what and it's gonna be hard and (laughs) we always laugh because especially when they're crying when they're toddlers and we just laugh because dude you're okay like really you're you're okay you don't need to cry (laughs) you just dropped your spoon you'll be all right I know because I just fed you. I just changed your diaper. We are living in a place where you are sheltered. You're wearing clothes, maybe. (laughs) My kids hated wearing clothes. And sometimes it was just easier if they were eating. Just wearing diapers, right? And a bib or something. (sighs) Man, bringing a lot of memories back. Especially because so many of my friends now have babies and ugh, my kids are so grown and they're teenagery and they're wanting to make decisions on their own. They're wanting to change their hair. They're wanting to wear different things and I know that I can't control it. And knowing that they're their own people out in the world now is terrifying. <laughs> Again, the parent guilt will show up in oh no, this is where I fucked them up, right? (laughs) I would think that so often as, like, even now, but definitely when they were younger, that, oh no, oh no, I locked them in the car. Oh no, (laughs) I locked them in the car. This is the moment that will mess them up for their entire life. I have to start saving for their therapy now. (laughs) Let me know. I want to know what your version of that was. And I was the child locked in the car. And no, that didn't mess me up at all. I have a memory of it. I have a memory of being in my (laughs) car seat and then just seeing everybody running around the car and trying to open the door. I remember seeing their frantic faces through the windows and they were freaking out. And that's what they were thinking that, oh my God, this is where I fuck her up. But again no right or if we lose them in a store or forget them somewhere in a place right oh fuck this is what messes them up forever right that is parent guilt a hundred percent and it's so funny where that can show up pay attention when you feel that little twinge take a deep breath it's okay it's okay One of the other lessons that I've learned a lot is that uh, I can't control their feelings, like I was saying before. And just because they are sad doesn't mean that I am sad. And that was really, really hard, especially when they were babies, because all you want to do is make sure that they're not crying, (laughs) right? That's the only language that they have in that moment for those first years right and that's the only way that they know how to communicate and so we become really actionary to that and it's hard again to kind of loosen the reins and to learn that my emotion is not tied to theirs 
and theirs are not tied to mine and I shouldn't expect that. They're allowed to have their own feelings in their moment and so am I, right? So try to also remember that their behavior excuse me why does that happen in important moments so try to remember that their behavior does not equal how you should feel about them so if that were true going to toddler years that would mean that I would only love them when they were sleeping (laughs) excuse me or when They were laughing and excited to be with me and when we would be connecting over reading and swimming classes and it was great. But now as teenagers, their feelings are uh, so deep, right? As kids, like I'm saying, they're learning how to feel everything. And everything is so much bigger because they're feeling it all for the very first time. (coughs) They're feeling everything for the very first time. And so, again, removing and teaching them and being aware of the language around shame and guilt. So their actions are separate from who they are as a human. It's crazy because when I think about perfectionism in myself, I always was really great at piano. I was a concert pianist and I came in first for many years in a row and I was also winning awards in school because I was great at talking (laughs) and getting people on the bandwagon for events and things. I don't remember how I won an award for that in fourth grade, but yes. And then people started coming in to piano competitions and beating me and I started to not excel at school because once fifth grade hit, things got really hard. And it was the first time that I was experiencing failure in that type of way. And my worth was tied up in winning those awards because that's when I was told I was smart, is when I was told I was great. And when I was no longer achieving those things, I thought it was because I wasn't good enough. It's crazy how that thought as my kid version still haunts me today as the person that I am. It's one of those things that will pop up in my brain and I just have to hit the X. It's like, oh, no, thank you. So now I know that's not true. But it took me, meh, 20 years to figure that out. (laughs) Now when I'm with my kids talking about where I find value in myself, that's what I'll talk about. I'm not winning anymore. 
piano awards or school awards, but I'm able to talk to them about the connections that I'm making and the people that I'm helping and the fun that I'm having and the love that I have. Like That's more important to me than the winning awards part because my worth is not tied up in that. And I want to tell them that when I'm, the only reason that I have those things is because I tried. It's because I kept working hard and trying to change my brain and trying to create new evidence that I am great at hard things is what I want to show them. So that's what my walking the walk is. So as an adult, one of the things that I've learned is that just because you work hard doesn't always mean that you're going to win the award because there might be somebody out there younger than you doing it better than you. There might be just somebody doing it better than you and that's okay. But if I continue to believe that I was only worthy when I was winning awards and that I was only good when I was winning those things, then I was believing that my potential had a cap. It had a limit. And that's not the truth, right? So it was a weird shift for me from fourth to fifth grade because fourth grade I was cruising. I was winning awards all over the place. I had friends, I felt confident. And then puberty hit. (laughs) Fifth grade became so difficult. And my friend group crashed. And I became confused with life. And I stopped winning awards. And I stopped being noticed. And I started believing that I wasn't enough. And like I said, it's taken me 20 years to relearn that with hard work, I can do anything that I want. When I plan on purpose, I can do what I want. When I love unconditionally, when I love them through it all, and not just my kids, anybody that I want to have a relationship with, if I just am there to love them through it, I have done my job. I don't want to talk to them, at them. Let me re-say that because I do want to talk to them. <laughs> I don't want to talk at them, right? I want to have conversations about how I've messed up, but how I fixed it and how I've grown from it. I can't control them. It was hard because at the beginning, that's all I did was control them. What they wore, what they ate, when they ate, everything, who they spent time with. I would make play dates for them, make them play with my friends, kids, right? But if we're still trying to control them, we're also missing who they are becoming. Because we know life is hard and I have too much shit in myself to work on and I want them to see that version of me 
more than the anxious version of me. So I'm really working hard on that so that they can see, again, that my hard work is paying off. I used to spend a lot of time hoping and wishing that if they just did this, we would have so much fun together. And if they just realized how smart I was and how much... (laughs) experience I have our relationship would be so much better do you have that thought as a parent (laughs) because I have learned that when that comes up I'm missing who they are so if you are a parent out there I want to say thank you for all of the hard work you are doing because you don't get thanked enough Definitely. To my parent as well. I love you, mom. (laughs) Because parenting is mostly thankless, right? And so I want you to think of the method that I talked about last week, the KDC method for life coaching. I ran my parenting guilt through this as well. So With K is to know the facts and know your truth. So (laughs) your path of a parent is in that lane only. (laughs) Your child's path is not about you. All right? It's not. You have to let that go. We can't force our kids to be what we want. Brene Brown talks about how we can't give our kids what we don't have. So again, you got to walk that walk, girl and guy. (laughs) So it's their growth. And when you think about it like that, I want to arm my child and I want them to be prepared for the world as I know it. I want to help them and guide them. And that is my truth. When I looked at it through my kid's lens, I found, and even for me as a kid, it was that parents were secretive, that we didn't talk about our feelings. And it made me feel like I couldn't talk about my feelings. And that my parents would always try to fix how I was feeling or what I was thinking, or the decisions. And again, that's where my I'm not enough stuff stemmed from. So knowing that now, what is the lens that my kids see me through? I got to leave that trail of evidence, right? That I tried, that they know that I love them no matter what. So choose what's next. Give them a choice, right? This is so important when we, especially my teenagers, right, is giving them the choice because that is what they want. They're craving that independence. So you can't be secretive about things and you have to tell them information and give them a chance to choose. Give them the chance to be independent And then take it day by day and love them no matter what. One of my favorite movies (laughs) 
even now is Matilda. Did you ever watch this movie based on the Roald Dahl novel? So this little girl is basically magical and she can move things with her mind and her parents are horrid and the school that she goes to is awful but she finds peace within her classroom and with friends and I just think of her horrible family (laughs) and this one thing that her dad would always say to her and I don't even think it was just her dad it was a lot of the weird adults in her life so even the gross trunch bull from the school she was the principal anyways the thing that the adults would always tell Matilda was I'm smart and you're dumb I'm big and you're little I'm right and you're wrong and there's nothing you can do about it not that I say that to my children (laughs) or that I'm asking you to say that to your children but I definitely have been guilty of thinking something along those same lines or saying something along those lines. I'm guilty of that. But now again, knowing better and doing better, I never want them to feel that way. For them to feel small, like they don't have a voice, they don't have a choice. In our family, we want to talk about respect no matter what. We're going to talk about love no matter what. And that's how you get what you want. (laughs) What I want you to walk away with today is the reassurance and knowing that you are not the only one that feels that parent guilt, right? I think that's why as a parent or if you had children before, have worked with children and you're even in the grocery store and you see a kid having a tantrum and you make eye contact with that parent and it's just like, dude, I feel you. Don't worry. You're doing a good job. So I want to tell you that you are doing a good job. No matter what, if you're a parent, you're doing the hardest job, right? Teaching little people how to be people is hard work. So thank you. Thank you for doing it. Remember that you got to stay in that place of your journey, of being able to walk the walk. You can't just teach them, all right, in order to be an awesome human means that you have to make lots of money to be happy. If that's something that you're pushing on your children to be super successful because money equals happiness... And you're sitting there so unhappy, (laughs) right? Like, what is that telling them, right? How much drive do they see in you to make more money? How much drive do they see in you to become happy? What are the connections they are making on their own by just observing you? Some teenagers I've come into contact with don't want to talk at all. That was me (laughs) as a teenager when I was around my family. And I would just observe. And I would observe the adults around me. And the things that they were telling me were the exact opposite of what they were doing. And so I started not to trust them. That was hard for me, right? I saw hypocrites 
is what I was learning and not the overall acceptance and love that the religion we were learning about and breathing and living in was supposed to be accepting but all I got was the shame was that I was bad and everything that I was doing was going to send me directly to hell because I was bad and so that's what I grew up thinking about myself and then again watching the adults around me act in the way that they weren't saying to me made it very confusing so I started looking for examples elsewhere people that were talking their talk but their talk was bullshit (laughs) but that was the path that I had to find on my own because I didn't have it around me in that moment so that was the lens that I was looking through And I want to make sure that that's not the lens that my kids have. And so that means I'm doing my work to be better for me, which will make me better for them, right? I want them to see that I'm working hard, but that I can still make time for them, that I am leaving that trail of evidence and that I can talk my talk and walk my walk. So that is my challenge to you. Don't worry about that parent guilt. When you see it come up, just close that (laughs) pop-up. I think of ICQ. (laughs) Let me know if you had ICQ. If you remember your ICQ number, (laughs) I still remember mine. (laughs) And I think of the, it was an instant messaging thing. If you were an older millennial it was of our generation and I think of that pop-up with the message what was the noise say it with me now Uh uh-oh that's what it sounded like whenever you would get a message and when that parent guilt thought comes up I think of it as the ICQ pop-up uh-oh and then I close it I let it show up I let it have its moment But then I let it go because carrying around that parent guilt was not serving me at all. It was ruining my relationship with my kids because I was just trying to control too much of the situation that I was missing who they were becoming. And I don't want to do that. I want to become a great role model for them. I want to show them what is possible from life when you do work hard and when you fail And when you get back up and keep going. So. I have a lot of. I feel like an empathy hangover coming on. (laughs) Feeling all of it again. Just talking about it right now. But it feels good. So I'm excited. I hope that. This week. Just take some time with your kids. And just. Just sit with them you know just observe them just take some time to love them just love them love them bits every time (laughs) even when they're hitting you biting you calling you names and slamming their door in your face love them anyways because it's what they need right that's all we wanted 
think back to your childhood, all of the sad, sad moments were just moments that you were misunderstood and just needed to be loved. So if I can do that every time, I feel like I'll do a good job. Something exciting happened this week. We are now available on all podcast networks across the board, board, board. So yes, we are now on Apple. It would be great if you subscribed. You can follow on Spotify, even on Google, Stitcher, our OG Anchor, and there's so many more. And I'm so excited to bring this podcast to more people more often. It would be great if you shared. I feel like now I'm getting into the podcast groove. It took me a while to get here. (coughs) Excuse me. Like I was saying before, it's strange to go from a room full of people to a room by myself on my bedroom floor, but (laughs) it would be great if you shared, if you subscribed, if you followed. Let me know your ICQ number. (laughs) You can go to the website at kdcnyyc.com and on Instagram, I tweet, no, (laughs) I post every Monday a motivational quote in a way um, to help guide you through your week, just to give you something to think about, a new perspective to take on through your life Monday um, to hopefully prepare you, propel you towards your great, great week. And we're coming back strong with two podcast episodes a week coming up in May. Uh, There's also a new blog post that goes up every week that also focuses on the two feelings of the month. I also still have the gratitude challenge going up on the website as well. So this week, we're showing gratitude to the crew that drags you through. (laughs) The ones that are your ride or die showing up for you no matter what through that parent guilt if you have mom groups I want you to drop a line to whoever your crew is and just show them a little bit of gratitude and say what's up I love you bitch and this is why the next time you're with your girlfriends uh, we we like to congregate and bitch (laughs) but this time I want you to talk about something that you're grateful for within each other and bond over that love instead of the hate of another even though that's fun I understand but think of the connection that can bring you so much closer right you don't always need a giant moment or thanksgiving to talk about gratitude so Know that if you want to practice a little bit more, I got you. Just head to the website. Again, it's kdcnyyc.com. And now you can find Big Kid Pod on Instagram and the Big Kid Podcast everywhere. Thank you guys so much. I'm so excited to hear from you. Let me know how parent guilt shows up for you. Let's get talking. If you want to call, if you want 
excuse me, if you want one-on-one time with me, you can also sign up for that on my website as well. I'm taking one-on-one clients right now for coaching, life coaching, if that's something you want more of, or if you just want to hit up for a clarity call just because you're stuck in some parent guilt and you just are looking for a quick fix, I got you through that too. Please know that you can get a hold of me and those are all the places to do so. So good luck with this week. You got this. You're a strong, strong person. You were made for strong and hard things. Don't forget. Talk to you guys soon. Peace.